What I've learned is doing my research. So finding out, you know, how much staff nurses are getting paid in the year, how much housing may cost me to make sure I'm getting the best deal. Has anything changed in the environment, such as a baby boom, which is a real thing, where cities um, have an influx of need for labor, delivery, NICU, mother, baby, nurses. So is it the season of natural disasters? You know, am I going to Florida in the middle of hurricane season? Am I going to California during winter, right? We usually see a spike in deliveries nine months after Valentine's Day every year. And then how to negotiate. So they're just going to offer you whatever they offer first. And then if I feel that it doesn't meet my skill set, what I bring to the table, my experience, I'm going to counter offer and request for um, a larger amount. Usually when I request for the larger amount, I don't expect them to, you know, just say, okay, come on, but the larger amount. So I was kind of go a little bit over that way. If they come back with something a little bit less, I'm like, oh, cool. And I'm pretty reasonable and definitely okay with like settling middle ground. We are not telling you to quit your job. Here at Off The Clock, the Healthcare Entrepreneurs Podcast, we are teaching you exactly how to gain your freedom as a healthcare professional in places that school never taught you. This is OTC University and class is in session. Welcome to another edition of Off the Clock, the Healthcare Entrepreneurs Podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, Mr. Carlborn Jr. And I'm joined by my main man, Mr. Paulo Chain. Paul, say what's up to the people. What's up, people? How y'all doing? How's it going? Hopefully you guys are doing well. You're safe. Um, you're staying healthy. Big, big things that we've been doing uh, recently and working on. But I just want to start taking a moment because some of y'all, especially those of y'all on YouTube, you're wondering something's a little bit different. Let's just break the ice. I'm wearing a gray t-shirt, okay? That's, let's just break that ice. I'm wearing the gray t-shirt. Shout out to our t-shirts, by the way. But um, yeah, I'm happy to be here. I'm super, super excited for our guest and the conversation we're about to have. That's going to be dope. Thank you, Paul. Thank you so much. So without further ado, you know, let's just go ahead and hop into it. We like to be very respectful of our guest time. We love to bring y'all special guests every episode. This is no exception. So with that being said, I do want to go ahead and introduce the wonderful Miss Tanisha Terry, who is also the creator and founder of Black Girls White Coats. Tanisha, thank you so much for joining us. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me. It's definitely an honor. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, Tanisha, we just want to dive right into it. So without further ado, let me ask you, what caused you to pursue the field of nursing? So. Growing up, I grew up in a household uh, where my mom was a nurse. She's always been a nurse. So I was able to see her lifestyle, her working hours. She worked night shift majority of my life and did management when I was a child and throughout my um, early adult years. Growing up, though, I always thought I wouldn't be a nurse. <laughs> I wanted to be a dolphin trainer, an interior designer, and a stay-at-home mom. Those are my only goals in life. <laughs> And um, yeah, that's what I said. Up until early high school, I was able to take care of my grandfather, who was my last grandparent that was still alive at the time. I come from a family of siblings of four. I am the baby. So I was always the one like at home that couldn't drive, didn't have a job, who just cared for him. 
as he transitioned on in life, went to hospice care, I was able to take care of him and provide for him. And in his last days, he used to always just call me like, my little nurse, my little nurse, get this for me, my little nurse, can you do this, my little nurse? And I was like, I'm not going to be a nurse. But finally, in his last days, I was like, all right, Grandpa, I think I'm going to do it. I think I'll be a nurse. And so the rest was, as they say, history. I went on to pursue a career in nursing. And ironically enough, I um, like fell in love with the elderly population just by taking care of him. And that inspired me to become a nurse. However, after finishing nursing, I fell in love with the newborn population. So that's what I do now. I do nursery. So it's like number one normal newborn baby. So I can attend um, deliveries and transition newborns throughout the first few hours of life. And I also do NICU, which is the neonatal intensive care nursing, where I attend high-risk deliveries and transition them for the first few days, hours, and sometimes months of life. What's that? First of all, your job is really dope. Let me just say. I do love my job. Okay. Let me just say the fact that your job. job is really cool. Because like, <laughs> and I don't know if this is going to freak somebody out, right? I always think like, okay, when people, you know, when people have a kid and the nurse picks up, you know, the child. And I, all in my mind, I'm thinking like, yo, don't drop this baby, right? <laughs> so I think like, it's really dope what you do. And I think like, it probably does take a lot of heart and a lot of passion to be in this so thank you for choosing that um I just want to jump right in with asking yo so like why do it as a travel nurse versus quote unquote I don't know what the proper term would be like staff nurse staff staff regular nurse, nurse. Regular <laughs> nurse. look I don't know these things staff <laughs> nurse um so great question so I did staff nursing for three years because most companies require you to have at least two years of experience so I got my two years I wanted to go um but I was scared yeah real scared I feel like I needed to go with somebody else but anyway life happened um I got three years and I was like yeah I'm not waiting anymore I'm gonna live my life so I chose travel nursing why travel nursing I believe people either do it for the money or for the experience of traveling. I definitely did it for the experience of traveling. And I'm so grateful for that because it's allowed me to not focus on the money. So it's no surprise that it is a lucrative um, industry. So I have been able to come up financially. However, not focusing on the money allows me to have more fun, allow me to take the pressure off of, I have to get, you know, X, Y, Z dollar amount on this contract. So I was able to do those cool assignments that didn't pay as much, such as my first assignment being in the Virgin Islands. I've worked in New York. I've worked at most of the, all the destination assignments that I've wanted to work in and most destination assignments that most travel nurses uh, dream of, I've had the opportunity to work in. So that has been so fun. Um, just the thrill of moving every three months and like being somewhere and literally being like, hmm, in three weeks, I have no idea where I'll be living across the nation, but we're going to do it. Um, and just, it's definitely changed me, made me, I'm already an independent person. It made me way more independent, adventurous, outgoing, um, aware, so many, so many things. It's been the best years of my life for sure. I think that's pretty dope because I feel like you have to have a, a certain level of bravery to just be willing to, you know, kind of go, go out on a limb. Like, like you just said, in three weeks, I don't know where I'm going to be at, but yeah. you know, we're going to make it happen. So 
I think I kind of want to use that to segue into just the aspect of being an entrepreneur and a creative, you know, and being able to build something. I think a lot of that involves being able to have a certain level of bravery as well. My question to you, what do you think was the, the biggest obstacle that you had to overcome in order to create that brand? Biggest obstacle is what, what others think. So I remember when I was coming up with the title of my blog, I can't even remember what the other ones were, but they definitely didn't involve the word Black, African-American, things like that. I was like, I wanted to keep it open to everyone. I still want my blog to be open to all cultures, women, men, everybody, because I think a lot of people would find it interesting. However, ultimately, I just decided, like, what's best for me? What does Tanisha want to do? Um, what audience do I want to target to? And I thought about all the other things that other cultures have that are geared towards them. And I was like, hey, we don't have anything like this geared towards us. So this is what we're going to do. And that's when I confidently stepped out and said, it's going to be Black Girls, White Coats. Like, that's what it's about. So that was a big step of bravery for me. I expected to get a lot of backlash on it, but I've gotten nothing but love and support over the last four years, which blows my mind. And then the second obstacle I had to overcome was learning everything, like completely self-taught. In the past four years, I think someone has helped me with my logo period then so when it comes to creating a website figuring out what happens when it crashes accidentally going viral i think twice and how to manage that um everything like when to publish how to publish things to say i've had to teach myself everything so that was a huge milestone and i'm not the most computer savvy person by any means um but i learned it so that's pretty cool Kind of backing up on what you just said, because, you know, you had to learn everything and you had to basically, you know, just figure it out, right? All the way through. Mm-hmm. How do you think, um, you know, your independence as a whole, specifically, mm-hmm. has given you access to like a world that maybe you didn't know existed before? And and if so, how did it do that? A world of, what are you saying? Like the so tech like, saying, blogging world? I understand like the tech world and everything, right? Because I think for a lot of people, like especially listeners listening to this, um, most people just in healthcare, and then that's mm-hmm. what they're doing. They show up, they go clock in, they're a nurse, oh, right? Yeah. Seven or they go in at seven p or like three p.m. Whatever it is, and and, yeah. and you're just working. Then you go home, you sleep, you do that four times a week, and, and that's it, right? Yeah. But for you, you're like, yo, not only am I going to do this thing that I love, and I'm going to do it the way I love it, then I'm also going to start this other brand, and I'm going to be able to push the culture and you know what you want to push forward. So how did that independence of like understanding, okay, one, you did a staff nurse position so that you can, you know, put in your time, quote unquote, to, mm-hmm. to be able to apply to do travel. But how did that independence kind of travel over? No pun intended. How did it, you know, transcend over into like the tech stuff and okay. how to start that brand? And, you know, how, how did it open up the world for you to understand like all this, right. this they may have not known before? Okay, I get you. So from the jump, I think it speaks to my personality and upbringing. I never expected things from other people. So I never expected to be spoon-fed into the blogging world or even to really be welcomed with open arms, somebody to hold my hand and show me the ropes. So I just kind of went after it thinking, okay, today we're going to learn how to 
by domain. And tomorrow we're going to learn how to somewhat put this website together in each step forward. So just knowing that like it was up to me to learn everything was pretty cool. So I thought, and what else did you say? How has it transitioned? How's it transitioned into like everything you're doing now, right? By that, with the I mean, blogging, you know, mainly. Blogging and growing up the brand. Okay. So not expecting things from others and just learning, like learning, adapting, always being, you know, open to learning has been helpful. That's huge. You know, that I think that willingness to, and I, I, I make, I highlight this point specifically because I think a lot of people, funny enough, actually, uh, I was watching Shark Tank, right? So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm gonna connect this. You'll see where this is going. So I was watching Shark Tank yesterday and um, this young lady, you know, um, she brought her idea. She's doing like a psychotherapy thing. Um, she brought her idea to the sharks and she knew, you know, she knew she was passionate about her thing, but she didn't know the number. She didn't understand like all these other things that, you know, when you're going mm-hmm. into business um, are going to matter. Right. And then the sharks, you know, said something that stood out to me where they basically mm-hmm. said, Hey, you know, if you just go find a partner that understands the numbers and then bring it back, yo, like now that's something worth investing into. But you know, I mm-hmm. they do like, I know if y'all listeners, YouTube world, if y'all are like, into Shark Tank, you know, usually after somebody pitches, they'll do like a little side thing where they'll get like a reaction from the person that pitched. And she was just heated. I mean, she was pissed. She was like, nobody's ever told me my business sucked and this, this and that. And and, and I took that and I said, wow. See, that kind of like hits with what you said, right? Just always been willing to learn and, and grow. Um, because I think for so many people, we get so passionate about our thing and we get so like, you know, and that's fine. You know, nobody can take care of our baby the way we can. But then yeah. it's like when people start to say, hey, this is what you need to start doing. And then we actually have to tell ourselves and have that combo with us. Where we're like, yeah. hey, I need to do these things. I need to grow and develop this way, right? Then it's, that's, that's something not everybody can do. And I think like that needs to be highlighted simply because you, you brought up a good point that, you know, that's something for you. You're just like, yo, this is, you have to be open mm-hmm. to that kind of growth overall and I think that needs to be highlighted a little bit uh, specific for the listener I know there's somebody listening that needed to you know you <laughs> need that little push yeah understand like it's it's okay to 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 be yeah. open to learning and growing because if you're the smartest person in the room things are wow. not going to get any better <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> yeah let me ask you another question so you know with everything you have going on I'm a personal believer this week it was my vacation week right and so I found myself like struggling a little bit with um, where I usually would be doing work. I, I wanted to do stuff, right? And I was just like, yo, Paul, you're on vacation. Relax. You don't need to be doing stuff. So for you, man, you're doing all these things, right? And, and, and you got the brand, you got the blog, you got the job, you're traveling everywhere. Every three months mm-hmm. you're moving, right? How do you take mm-hmm. time to recharge yourself and like recenter Good question. Good question. I love this question. So I am a self-proclaimed self-care guru and advocate. So I do a lot of things. If I just have one or two, any little amount of days off, you can usually find me like meditating at the park, coloring, making sure I take time to like FaceTime my friends and family, 
because um, those things bring me so much joy on the larger scale. So that's the smaller scale, bubble baths, eating the food that I want, face masks, all those little mini self-care things that I think are very important. Those get me through the week. But long-term, what gets me is my fun employment is what we call it. So technically unemployed. I always plan for it. And we get to take off as travel nurses as long as we want. So people kind of find that to be very interesting and hard to believe. But I'm like, yeah, as long as we want. So in between contracts, I take a minimum of two weeks off, usually closer to four plus. And travel, like travel, travel. So in between contracts prior to COVID, I went to a different country every three months. So that was really cool. Sometimes with friends, sometimes with family, sometimes by myself, which, yeah, was a complete learning curve and fun experience doing solo international travel. But just taking the time to do that, um, get more in tune with myself, do the things that I love. I think solo travel is amazing because when you wake up, you don't wonder, like, you have to, like, come together as a group and be like, oh, what are we going to do today? Or what does everyone feel like eating? Or are we drinking tonight? Or are we not? It was just whatever Tanisha wanted to do. So that felt great. And that helps me be recharged. So usually, like I said, I do a big trip and then go home and see my family in between contracts as well. And I usually find that after that, I'm completely reset to the point where I'm excited to come back. I miss my babies. I miss work. I miss laughing at the nurse station. I miss staying awake overnight. And which now that sounds crazy. Like I'm like, you miss that stuff? Yes. But every time, every time I take more than a month off, I miss it. At the end of the year, I'm super excited because after October 1st, I'm going to take a long break. A long break. So looking forward to it. So, like, with everything that that you – first off, I think it's great that you still make that time to, you know, take care of yourself because that's important. And I, I kind of want to transition a little bit more into the into the travel nursing aspect because I, I know, like, I've – spoken i have friends that are nurses oh my girl is a nurse and i've spoken to several people you know that they they have this interest in it and they mm. see it and they see like the they think about like the glitz and glam of being able to travel mm. but they may not necessarily know what steps to take you know or what okay. what what company they should go with so right. um my question to you is for anyone who's listening um right now for you know our, our our nurses shout out to all the nurses for any of the nurses that are listening and they're interested in in getting into travel nursing what mm-hmm. would be the top 3 things as far as advice that you would give okay. them to properly prepare them to dive into the world of travel nursing Great question So number 1 is experience so like I said, most companies require you to work in your specialty for a minimum of two years. So that is very important that you feel very comfortable in your skill set because that is not taught as a travel nurse, you know. So you're never going to be 100% ready. I wasn't ready when I started traveling, even after three years. But you have to be very confident in your skills as a nurse. You can still ask questions like, well, you're going to ask questions when you travel, like, oh, where do I find this Foley catheter, but you should not be asking, how do I insert this Foley catheter? Like you have to hit the ground knowing those things. So that's number one important. Number two, make sure you find a company and a recruiter that you trust and enjoy working for. I have worked for, I believe, three different agencies and recruiters. 
over the past four years and my current employer is my favorite. So that has been, it's a joy to work with a company that you enjoy. And of course, someone that you trust because it's a very, it can be a very gray area as far as like pay is concerned and which contracts are open, how long they're open, things like that. Because as a travel nurse, you can be sitting there on the unit working your butt off, working the same amount, same hours, um, giving the same effort as your coworker and y'all can be making completely different salaries. So it's important that you are, like I said, with somebody you trust, learn the art of negotiation, all those things. For anybody that would like to reach out about some of the companies that I have worked for, recruiters that I have worked with and loved, I would be very grateful to give them that information. We can talk about connecting at the end of the show um, because as a experienced traveler, I do work off of referrals. So we can do that. And then third advice I would give is to find out your reason, your why for traveling, because I think that's going to play a large part into where you go, how long you go, how much you enjoy it. So like learn, am I traveling to have fun and to see the country? Am I traveling to see the world? Am I traveling to make money? Am I traveling to be able to have time off to do X, Y, and Z? Maybe, you know, your side hustle, but you with your family. So learning your why. Am I traveling to grow as a nurse? So I want to make sure I want to work at the top hospitals across the nation to build my resume. Um, all those things are important because that will keep you motivated when things get hard in the field for sure. Tanisha, you said something just now that I think is, is very, very important. And I kind of want to hit at that point a little bit. You mentioned the fact that the company you're working with now is your favorite. Mm. And so I'm sure that I'm sure that as you are, or the experience that you have gathered, that there have been companies that they might have been a little shallow, you know, or they might not have had your best interest at heart. And right. so what would you say has been the thing that has allowed you to be able to decipher what's a good company versus what's a bad company to work for as far as travel nursing? Good question. So good company versus bad company. A company that's transparent is very important. So transparent about the money, like the contract, how much you're going to make, um, making sure that ideally someone that's equally as qualified as you is making, if not the exact same, then close to the same amount of money um, that you'll be making. Someone that has your back when times get rough. My first assignment, I was in a category five hurricane in the Virgin Islands where I lost all service to everybody and electricity and all the things. So making sure that I had a company um, that supported me and um, when I was able to connect to them was able to help me out, uh, making sure I was safe and then look at the situation that we're in now. Like I can't imagine working for a company during a pandemic that did not support, cause we don't work for the hospitals, you know? So if I'm exposed at work or, if anything happens, it falls back on the company. So making sure um, that I'm with somebody that I trust with my health, like, okay, what are your policies and procedures regarding this? And if I do test positive for COVID, what do you, you know, what do you plan to do? How long am I going to be able to um, work without pay and be quarantined? And are you going to have a hotel for me? And all those things, this has all happened in the past few weeks. So yeah, making sure that I work for a company that's very transparent, um, and has my back when times get rough because times are definitely going to get rough in our field. Man. All right. First of all, if somebody didn't know what it was like to be a travel nurse, now they do. You just put them on game. Uh, let me ask one more question. And I think this one's important too, just because like, yo, if somebody's 
if somebody's thinking about it and they're thinking about it heavily, right? Something mm-hmm. you've mentioned a few times. You know, you don't have to go to it too deep. You know, obviously, if people want like mm-hmm. a masterclass from you, they need to reach out, right? You can't, mm-hmm. <laughs> they need to reach out. Yeah. Um, but, you know, let's just talk a little bit about contracts. Is that cool? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so basically, I'm thinking, right, um, when, I look, when I look at contracts and I'm thinking about, okay, how are we negotiating things? I know a few things I have to consider coming into it. You know, I consider like, okay, my time, period, right? So just period, mm-hmm. the amount of time I'm about to spend on whatever it is we're doing based on how it's taken away from everything else, I got to consider like, okay, if there's any like contingent surprises, let's call them, <laughs> that okay. pop up. How's that factored in if there's any yada, 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 right? So when it comes to travel nursing and negotiating your contract, because I don't know if that's a skill that's taught in nursing school. No. Right? So, and I do believe like, you know, because my mom was a nurse, now she's a CRNA. And one of the things that she always like talked to us about is like, yo, you have to understand how to negotiate your contract. You know, um, coming out of school, coming into a new job, you have to be able to negotiate. So when it comes to like negotiating a contract and understanding like, okay, this is what I want and this is what the company is offering. How can mm-hmm. I get them to meet me like 50% yeah. of the way, right? Sort of like yeah. two or three things you're looking for like in a contract that tells you, okay, one, this is a good deal. And then two, uh-huh. maybe like once one thing you try to do to make sure that you can like get what you want while still not leaving the other party um, feeling like they just got thrown under the bus, you know? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Good question. So as far as I think most people are concerned is the money. It, it's definitely not taught in nursing school. Most things about traveling aren't taught in nursing school. Um, but learning how to negotiate the money was definitely a learn as you go experience for me that I didn't learn until about a year and a half in, which I definitely regret. I wish I would have reached out to somebody um, who could have taught me those things or that you can even negotiate didn't know that but what I've learned is doing my research so finding out you know how much staff nurses are getting paid in the area how much housing may cost me to make sure I'm getting the best deal or something that's going to benefit me how much previous travelers have made um, has anything changed in the environment such as a baby boom which is a real thing where cities um, have an influx of need for labor delivery NICU, mother, baby, um, nurses. So, because that's going to play a part. Um, Is it the season of natural disasters? You know, am I going to Florida in the middle of hurricane season? Am I going to California during winter rates? We usually see a spike in deliveries nine months after Valentine's Day every year. So, am I going during that time period? So, that's important to remember. And then, how to negotiate after I kind of come up with a roundabout of how much I think I should be making. If I feel that the offer, so they're just going to offer you whatever they offer first. And then if I feel that it doesn't meet my skill set, what I bring to the table, my experience, this and the other, then I'm going to counter offer and request for um, a larger amount. Usually when I request for the larger amount, I don't expect them to, you know, just say, okay, come on with the larger amount. So I would kind of go a little bit over that way. If they come back with something a little bit less, I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm pretty reasonable. Um, and definitely okay with like settling middle ground um, for counter offer. I'm not going to be counter offering back and forth for days. So yeah, that's what I've learned. Um, as far as requirements, like I said, I try to take my time off my extended time off when I'm unemployed, so off of contracts. But 
when you have things like a wedding, if I just have a, a weekend that I definitely need to be off for the wedding, I want to make sure um, that those things are non-negotiable. And the third thing requirement for me as far as um, days and nights, I prefer night shift. But some contracts will do what they call days and nights. I just think that's crazy that no one should be working in healthcare under those terms. So like you'll do days one day, nights the other day, or if they're nice days, you know, for two weeks, nights for two weeks. And that's just a non-negotiable for me. Like I can do days or I can do nights, preferably nights, but you need a big one. So going in with those non-negotiables definitely help you because I've definitely walked away for some contracts. I'm like, oh, that price range isn't even close to what I believe that I'm worth. So thank you for the opportunity, period. You know, that's, um, that hits home. And I want to talk, you know, to our listeners, um, to our watchers, understand, like, you know, she says something super important. You need to negotiate y'all's contracts. Mm-hmm. All right? Don't just take the offer that they hand yeah. you straight out of the gate. Because, yeah. and I'm going to say this, and then if we get crucified, we get crucified, whatever. Y'all, y'all can get over this. Um, but understand that, and I was looking like this, right? If there's a business, if there's a hospital, if there's a company, right? When they look at paying you, you are a line item, right? Yeah. You are a line item, which means they're saying, in order to be our bottom line, we will give this much of our stuff to that person. And they're not going to try to give you more than you are open to getting. Right, right, You're open right, to right. getting less, they will give you less. Ooh. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm yeah. If you're getting less, they'll give you less. And so, like, I think that's one of the things we got to, like, hammer home for people, that you need to become comfortable, right? Hint, hint, mm-hmm. hit up Tanisha, you know? Mm-hmm. But you need to become comfortable with, like, learning to value, because you can never charge what you're worth, but however, you can charge for your time. So you need to understand, okay, every time you come into work, you're getting paid to be there, and if you're not getting paid what supplements your lifestyle, Right. Cause something that like, you know, my mom always talked about is you nurses and healthcare professionals learn mm-hmm. how to negotiate your student loan payments into your contract. Okay. Right. Learn how to negotiate that. You shouldn't be in a position where like you're struggling to make your payments. Whereas you could have just been like, you know what, this is what my monthly payment is. That's going right. to be a part of my contract and you're going to be responsible and disciplined in paying that portion to student loans. Right. And living off the rest. So I just yeah. want to hit that a little bit um, just to, Get it across because I think a lot of people don't even understand that they can do that. You said it took you a year and a half. Yeah. No. Yeah. Versus, and that was like me being like, "Can can I have a hanky dash, man?" Like that was easing into it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. So now I gotta ask this question. Now I gotta ask this question. Right. Looking back, looking, having become more confident, having become more, quote unquote, stable. Use that word, right? Stable in the field, right? You come into a new spot, yeah. You know, where's the cat? You know, is it the Foley catheter? Foley catheter. I'm trying. I'm trying. All right. Mm-hmm. Where's the Foley catheter versus how do I use it? You know the how. Mm-hmm. Somebody's got to tell you where it's mm-hmm. at so you can do your thing, right? So now that you're confident, mm-hmm. now that you actually understand how nursing works and how you are as a nurse, mm-hmm. um, what do you say would be like the stark differences between where you are and like stuff you wish you could tell like yourself on uh-huh. day? But I think, you know, there's some people that need to hear that. And this goes across just, you know, with the, without just nurses. This goes to, like, all these healthcare professionals, right? Okay, and yeah. What's something that you know now as a nurse, this deep into the mm-hmm. game, that you could be like, mm-hmm. if you could go back in time and tell yourself, hey, day one, these are the things you need to focus on. This, okay. you know, this is how you need to negotiate a contract. This is how you need mm-hmm. to 
and contract negotiation to being like not just money, but you like you said, yeah. time off. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you need to have the weekends off. Don't schedule me on yeah. that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. What stuff that you would tell yourself, you know, now oh. back then that you don't know? So much. Okay. Number one, that communication is so vital. So that goes from the chain of command in the hospital and um within the what am I trying to say the healthcare scene so communicating with doctors and nurse practitioners and the anesthesiologists and all the different levels up until my coworkers and possibly people that work in the EVS or um, housekeeping services and dietitian department just learning how to communicate with people I'm so thankful that I was raised in a household where I think it's like a famous quote but like my mom told me to treat the CEO with the same respect as the janitor. And I think that's so true. So I learned that early on, but just understanding how important that would be throughout the years. Because like, as a traveler, here I am, you know, it's very experienced nurse, but what am I going to do when a baby pees on my scrub? Like, who do I call? You know, it's like, oh yeah, the person in housekeeping who has the keys to all the loaner scrub, you get your scrub and you're good. Like you have to have those connections. So I think that's super important. Other things I wish I would have known, being confident in communicating. So once you get, I mean, from the jump, you should have some level of confidence. But as you grow in the field, as the years go on, you have even more confidence. So standing um, and being an advocate for your patients when you feel like something isn't being right, something isn't being done fairly, that this patient isn't really informed before she signs this consent and goes back to the OR to have her tubes tied. Um, So those kind of things, being able to, that goes back into the communication. So being an advocate for my patient I need to be able to confidently come to the doctor and say, you know, I don't think she understood that part correctly because I just went back in the room and she's asking me, you know, does this mean she can't have kids because she just signed this consent to get her tubes tied? So that's super important. Uh, What else? I'm going to say it again, but remembering your why, like I said earlier, um, as that related to traveling, but even more broad, how that relates to your career, because you know, yes, I work in the newborn nursery and people think it's the best area of the hospital work. And I do believe it is, but it has its days. Um, One of my supervisors said it best. She was like, you are impacting birth stories. You're with people on either the best day or worst day of their life. Um, So we deal with fetal demises and needle natal deaths and we code babies. And I'm a super emotional person as it is. But I'm very passionate about my career and very emotional um, during those times, and especially with those mothers and fathers um, afterwards, too. And I always tell myself, um, like, that's my why, that emotional aspect. And that's what keeps me going and keeps me in it. And the day that I become numb to those things and remove emotionally is when I know I need to move on in the career or find a different aspect of it, because that is my why. Um, And that's very important that I stay connected to that. Tanisha, I want to ask you, just like as far as, you know, as, as far as all the experience that you've had, you know, and, and everything that you've done, you know, besides, besides nursing, I mean, Black Girls White Coats is a beautiful brand that you've been able to build. Um, and you have a lot of good mm-hmm. stuff going for you. So the question that I kind of want to ask, just to let our listeners get a little more of a glimpse into who you are on a personal aspect, what would you say are the top three principles that you think uh, kind of guide you through your journey? Um, I'm going to say resilience. So being able to bounce back and overcome any negative situation that I have been in. 
integrity. So I pride myself on that. Um, you know, being who I am at all times, regardless of who's looking. And the dedication. So staying motivated in and outside of the healthcare field has been very important to me. I'm going to ask one last question. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is, I think we haven't asked the guest this question in a long time. So just when it comes to, and I think this is important just um, because people look at this and they probably think monetary, right? Mm -hmm. But when, when, um, when it comes to the definition of success, you know, what you deem as successful, how do you define that? What does, what does success mean to you? What does success mean to Tanisha Terry as she goes through, you know, her existence? Good question. Um, I just think secured. So money aside, just the security in myself and my capabilities and my ability to be able to provide for my family um, in time of need. And I'm not just talking financial, I'm talking also like being there. So I say secure in so many aspects. Um, So financially secured, spiritually secured, um, you know, growing as a person over the years, um, developing closer relationships to other people, to God, to my patients. So that keeps me grounded. mentally secured. So as I continue to grow and learn myself, um, become more aware of the things that make me happy, that's all been very important. So just being confident and secure in who I am and my abilities, the things that I can provide. I think that's amazing. Um, And I feel like, like Paul, you said it earlier, but for anyone, you know, who this is their first time listening to this and they didn't know about travel nursing now they do so you know thank you so much for the expertise that you dropped thank you for you know making some time for us Tanisha so for anyone as well who's listening and you know they're saying okay how can I get in contact with her what would be some contact information that you leave with them great so I think easiest to follow along the journey is um, via Instagram, where my handle is XOXO Tanish. That's T A N I S H. So that's the easiest way to follow along the journey. But to show interest and um, for me to understand the severity, I think it's more acceptable and professional to reach out to me via my blog, www.blackgirlswhitecoats.com. There you can find my contact information and email me directly. Um, and that is the best way to get a good response from me. Plus, you know, Instagram is so limited. Um, it's DMs. I'm just going to shoot you a quick reply um, if I can. But if you email me, I'm definitely going to take the time to get out to you. Um, reach back out, answer um, the questions that you may have for me. Perfect. Um, again, Tanisha, you know, thank you so much. Um, it, it means a lot, you know, that you made the time to talk to us. So. With all that being said to uh, our lovely listeners, you know, if you heard this and you got some value from it, share, subscribe, hit Tanisha up, you know, tell her how much you enjoyed her episode. And with all that being said, until next time, peace and many blessings. Thank you for listening to another episode of Off the Clock. This episode was brought to you by The Accepted System. The Accepted System is a program that helps pre-physical therapy students get into physical therapy school without wasting time or money. 
Most pre-PT students go on to spend hundreds of dollars applying to multiple DPT programs, with the majority of them having less than 40% confidence that they will actually get accepted that cycle. You have been taught that regardless of all the work you put into applying, you really do not have much control over your acceptance into PT school. The truth is, you actually do. You can find help at www.preptgrindotc.com. This episode was also brought to you by PhysioMemes. PhysioMemes helps PT businesses to increase their referrals through word of mouth marketing by growing their brand with an online store, PhysioMemes. Thank you for listening. Don't be shy to leave a review and subscribe to the podcast. See you next episode.